listening to Gaywire on CJSR, your homegrown source for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and queer news, culture, stories, and events from Edmonton and beyond. Hey there. Hi. Uh, I'm Alexa. Uh, I've, you've never, I've always, you've always introduced me. I've never said my own name. <laughs> I've never been allowed to self-identify before Who on the radio. You? I'm yeah. JD. Hey, we're back. You've been gone for a couple weeks. You were gone too. Yeah, that's true. It was the homeless marathon last week. And now it's today. Yeah, it is. So we have a lot of catching up to do. Um, mostly, like, things are continuing to just be ridiculous in in Toronto in terms of what the police are doing there. Oh, I know. So we'll get to that. Um, but you've brought all the pop culture. Do we want to get yeah. into that right now, or do we want to... Well, let's, no, let's start with the heavy stuff, and then we can... Yeah? Yeah. Let's get it over with. This is, yeah. Toronto is just taking up so much of my time. Well, and everybody's. So, to yeah. you watched the press conference that they had done about two weeks ago or yes. a week ago. So, what was generally that going on oh, there? I know you're going to ask me that. <laughs> um, they were just trying to get information out of the police, but they kept asking about the. Should we fill people in for the two people who don't know that there's yeah, sure. a yeah. there's a there was a serial killer. I, can we say serial killer? Alleged mm-hmm. multiple murderer. I think the police are saying serial killer now, okay. finally. In yeah. Toronto, targeting uh, gay men and men who had sex with men. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as a press conference, because they've been pretty tight-lipped so far about what they have said, because I think they're trying to make sure that their case is sound and it's going to lead to a conviction. But, I mean, the reporters had a lot of questions, and they didn't give a lot of answers. But something that came up was... Um, did the police know about his previous conviction? Because hmm. he had been previously convicted for uh, beating or, uh, well, I don't know how, if it was attempted murder or just beating mm-hmm. a uh, p- partner, mm-hmm. which uh, would, uh, had the police known that, would have been a good indication about somebody to investigate. Because uh, from the account of the person who survived an attack from him, it sounds like this is that was kind of his mo. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but really unclear about whether the police knew about that conviction because they wouldn't they wouldn't say either way, which I found surprising. And the reporters kept pushing on it. So uh, I think there's a lot of information that's yet to come, and we'll, we're going to learn a lot about because the police still haven't said why they targeted him. Like, why they knew it was him. Right. They won't say how they knew it was him. I yeah. mean, we found now the uh, human remains from six people uh, in his work site, and uh, I guess other evidence. But how did they know? They haven't said. And was he being watched? How many people did he kill after he was being watched? Because right. the timing yeah. doesn't look good. And there was a case where the police intervened on something right well that's when you oh, mean when he was arrested for mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so he was already was convicted wasn't he I think he had a conviction it wasn't just a charge he had already been convicted of okay. a previous assault in the past so mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it's the details are sketchy. Like the, the media had to investigate it, and there was questions about you know did you know and like what did the court records show because the police weren't clear on what the court records were showing. So it's um, yeah I don't know what's gonna happen. We're gonna well we're gonna find out a lot more detail and there's gonna be some surprises. And I think uh, some people will have to explain why. Uh, I don't know if somebody dropped the ball or what, but that last news story that you sent me, um, I don't have the quote in front of me. Yeah, so I do. So this what's uh, happened okay. this week in terms of developments is that um, the police chief, the Toronto police chief, Mark Saunders, uh, was quoted in an interview in which he uh, said um, uh, that the Toronto police might have identified a suspect serial killer in the city's gay village earlier if people who had crossed his path had been more forthcoming with investigations uh, in the past. This is according to the chief, uh, Chief Saunders. So he said, quote, we knew something was up. We did not have the evidence. Uh, He said this in an interview to the Globe and Mail. And he continued, if anyone knew before us, it's people who knew him very, very well. And so that did not come out. Um, And uh, so that's sort of him answering, I guess, the questions that you were saying, but... Not really. Just say, well, he's saying that it's the community's fault for solving the murder He's answering the question and saying, and blaming the community. People who murdered should have either told the police or what people knew who the murderer was and they didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't believe that. Well, and it's so, like, for... I mean, and there's been huge... In the days following this, this interview that he did, he has since said, I was misquoted, okay. but members of the Toronto gay community, our LGBT community, are saying, like, no, this seems like you were really trying to say to the community that we're at fault for not coming forward with the information um, about this particular person and whether or not we knew him and knew what he was up to. But it's also... Um, people in the gay community are now asking for his resignation uh, because, as you said, it really sounds like he's blaming the community that has been targeted uh, for not finding their own yeah. serial killer. Well, this is not the first time. I don't know if, who said the other thing, but just the, the police generally in Toronto have been out of sync with the community. Mm-hmm. When they announced the second round of uh, murder victims, they said, okay, remember, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. How they said these ones don't fit the same pattern. They're not from the community. It's not just about... Uh, the gay villages is a Toronto thing mm-hmm. and then it turns out oh wait no those people actually were uh, frequenting the village and they were members of the, the broader community mm-hmm. it just I think I think the problem stems with the fact of what a lot of the police not all of them but a lot of the police I think see the queer community in Toronto in the village as the gay male and more specifically white gay male community yeah and the fact that a lot of people of color in the community are saying, like, we've been saying that, you know, we've been targeted and we now know that, you know, that serial killer was probably targeting uh, men of color and uh, men who didn't identify as gay, right? Men who had sex with men mm-hmm. who were uh, either married to women or not out, um, you know, not members of the traditional gay community. Mm-hmm. Uh police probably had no contact with that part of the community and there's yeah definitely a communication breakdown there and if uh, people knew they I mean the people they were talking to probably didn't know yeah I mean that's a fair point I think and it'd be interesting to see exactly what 
activists were saying to the police because mm-hmm. there were advocates who were like family members of people who had disappeared who had said mm-hmm. you know this is what's going on um, but yeah I think that you're right like the community and one of the activists brought this up too is that there's like there's a police liaison officer for the LGBTQ community um, but that's one that's one officer who they think is supposed to be like the communication between the two communities and this is what activists in Toronto were saying but yeah exactly I think like well, who's, who's the liaison officer talking to yeah. if it's affluent white gay men then you're gonna get a completely different story than if you talk to people who know the sex workers or members of more marginalized I mean there's communities that are marginalized within the queer community yeah like the, the street involved community with one yeah. of the people who are, was living in different um, homeless and transitional housing situations um yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know what is going to come of this, I, I, like whether or not he's going to resign, obviously. Um, but I think it's just a huge indication of what people like Black Lives Matter have been saying, that mm-hmm. um, the police have been like kicking up a publicity storm about not being allowed to be in the Pride Parade. But while they were doing this, these these <laughs> murders were happening in the gay community. And you know, the community was saying, like, this is an issue. And then to turn around and blame that same community for not coming forward with information is, like... Uh, yeah, I know. I, I really wanted to give the police the benefit of the doubt on this and, you know, say that, okay, they'd caught the guy and they'd done a good job, but it seems that every time they give a press conference or say something, um, they just expose their ignorance and uh, disconnect from the community and uh, they're just upsetting people more, so... And I, I, I worry now that it's actually a lot worse than it looks, that they, I, I, the worst case from my point of view is that they, they were watching him, they knew who he was, and he continued to kill people and hmm. during that time. There, there, there were preventable killings. Yeah, that would be a disaster. I mean, it's happened before, like with Jane Doe, the... That she wasn't killed, but sure. she was sexually assaulted. And Robert right? Picton, right? Yeah. I, I, when this was all started, I said, you know, this started to sound like Robert Picton, and it, the more we find out, the more it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Um, and I just wanted to mention also that um, an activist who's quoted in this Globe and Mail article, um, Kristen Wong Tam, who's a trans activist, uh, said and brings up the point that like a lot of people within the community just didn't feel safe talking to the police. So, I mean, that's no, a failure on the police's part to be like, and it, as you said, they're street involved. They might be involved in like sex work or they might just be like people of color who have absolutely horrible yeah. uh, histories and with, with police and, and people who aren't out doing so. Yeah. Right people who aren't going to go admitting yeah. that they are hanging out on what is it church in Wellesley mm-hmm. I'm not from Toronto but who don't want to admit that to the police and they have to take that into consideration that uh, there's people who aren't out their families or uh, who don't want to be associated with that uh, neighborhood but are nonetheless there and it appears we're targeted yeah because I mean he got away with for a while yeah and it's precisely because he was targeting marginalized people I'd say so yeah yeah all right. Well, I guess we'll come back with. Ugh. I mean, this, this seems to be more information every week, so we'll come back with. It's very gradual. The latest blunders this is gonna go, and going to go for years, you know. Yeah, with with this number of cases, absolutely. If you own an Android device, your cell phone probably contains an FM chip, a device which would allow you to listen to FM radio on your phone without using any mobile data. 
This would allow you to listen to more free music as well as being able to receive radio updates in emergency situations. Visit freeradioonmyphone.ca to learn how to convince cell phone providers to activate these chips and free our radio. Thursday, a new issue of View Weekly awaits you at your favorite newsstand, be it on the street or on the web at viewweekly.com. And while you're thinking about that, think about this. Through thoughtful and intelligent journalism, View covers topics too often ignored, marginalized, or misrepresented by the mainstream. View Weekly, free press in the truest sense. As in, you don't have to pay for it. I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hates so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they will be forced to deal with the pain. James Baldwin. Hey there. Hi. Yeah, yeah, I get I get all my pop culture, queer pop culture news from Perez Hilton. Probably the, one of the best sources of just celebrity garbage news. <laughs> and we were talking. I mean, what I ma- mainly know about him is that in the days of uh, it gets better and all the anti-bullying right. stuff, that he had a huge turnaround in his life. And so you're saying like now? Well, he was a horrible person. Yeah, it was really yeah. Uh, but now he yeah. I, I mean, I only read the queer. Newsfeed, so mm. I mean, it used to be all about outing people, and he outed a lot of people. But now he does positive stuff, <laughs> okay, or hateful stuff against like really conservative Republicans. So yeah, that's fair. It all evens out. Um, so I don't know. Looking, see, we talked about this. Lee Pace reveals he's dated men and women, but doesn't want to label himself. That's that actor who you didn't. <laughs> I had to show you a picture. I know who he was. So what's he been in for? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Hobbit, and uh, you might remember him from Pushing Daisies, the main character on that. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah. So he's decided, that's, that seems to be what's going on a lot lately, is people saying, you know. Well, people are, people are outing themselves now. It's not so much, you know, like you don't get put on your website, put on Perez Hilton's website saying, hey, guess who's been photographed kissing someone of the same sex mm. people are like doing these interviews where they make this big reveal yeah but then they're like I like everybody I'm whatever yeah yeah, yeah. well it's, it's good for keeping your your career going <laughs> if, if things are slumping a little bit um yeah you just make an announcement and yeah that's a huge gamble but no fair enough alright um here's here's a, here's a see less, less happy one um, can we, what's the, the title is God's very own Kim Davis. Can you remember her? Oh yeah. Chronicles her battle against fist pounding homosexual men in her wretched new book. <laughs> so to remind people who Kim Davis was or is rather, she's the one who was, refused was has been has been the the person who refused to give marriage licenses in what state? I don't know. I Virginia, say, South I Carolina, say somewhere. Kentucky. So it there is Kentucky. Yeah. All right. So, okay, this is, I will, I will gloss over the swears, but I think this is enjoyable. Okay. So never judge a book by its cover, unless it's one featuring a hateful, self-righteous troll bent on a mission to vilify the gay community. 
Davis is back with a new book which details her journey of being jailed for divine of U.S. federal court order to issue same-sex marriage licenses in August 2015. It's three years ago. Hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, the former Rowan County clerk touts herself as a God-fearing hero who bravely fought against the malevolent gaze in the must-not-read scripture aptly titled Under God's Authority, the Kim Davis Story. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> According to Kentucky.com, the text chronicles Davis's dramatic encounters with furious, fist-pounding homosexual men and the hate mail that flooded her office. The horror. Let's not forget about all the angry shoe-tapping and bitchy one-liners, like, for example, how she looks like a cracker barrel that came to life. <laughs> That's a restaurant. I know. I was like, okay. we don't have Cracker Barrels in uh, Canada, no, If you haven't we? been there, you don't really know. <laughs> but it's like it. the... It's super down-homey. Yeah. In addition to giving readers a behind-the-scenes and unlikely saga that took America by storm in 2015, the book will explore how God transformed Davis's life, as a quote, in 2011, why she almost retired in 2014, and how she knew six months before the U.S. Supreme Court's disastrous 2015 same-sex marriage opinion, she was headed to jail. And the book puts marriage in quotes. <laughs> we guess it, and Perez says... We like, same-sex marriage is yes. in quotes, because it's No, not just the marriage part. Oh, okay. Right, 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 because it's not... Okay, yeah. Perez Hilton writes, We guess it glosses over Davis's own four marriages. (laughs) The Orlando-based Liberty Council, which defended Davis in the legal battles, is promoting and selling the book. According to a spokesperson, all proceeds from the book will be going to the Liberty Council, though critics are advising Davis to rethink the deal. Chris Hartman, director of the Fairness Campaign, said the book should be titled Kim Davis's Cost to Kentucky Taxpayers, referring to the federal judge's ruling that Kentucky taxpayers owe about $225,000 in legal fees from the couples who sued the defiant Davis. Hmm. The book was co-authored by Davis and two Liberty Council officials. It also contains a foreword written by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee because (laughs) of course it does. Yes. And I skipped a swear there. <laughs> Under God's authority is being sold for 25 bucks if you want to purchase some expensive toilet paper. Oh, Perez. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. She that was that was a low point of 2015. Oh no, it was it was horrible and she was held up as a hero and still is. Like she she's all over the like right wing. I don't know conservative convention tour like whatever they do but um yeah yeah i know when it was just her it was wasn't that bad but now it's like you know the whole american administration oh yeah now that she's like emboldened again absolutely yeah yeah the rest of perez hilton's queer news feed is all about adam Ripon. Ripon. You know, the figure skater, the openly gay figure skater. Oh, yeah, I saw Jess him Kim on. Were the, his not, they're not dating. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of lot about them. And last but not least, Ricky Martin wants to normalize open relationships. Oh. He's playing Gianni Versace in The Assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story. Mm-hmm. And... Versace was in an open relationship, so I guess Ricky Martin wants to normalize it, but no word on him uh, <laughs> wanting to normalize it himself. In his life. No. Well, I think the assumption can be made. Why else would you care? Well, I, well... Why else would he care? 
you know. Well, everybody knew Ricky Martin was gay for a decade before he came out, but he didn't come out, so he's not one to lead the way. <laughs> I'm just saying. I knew he was gay way before. Yeah, I'm sure there's know. a lot of, like, 12 and 14-year-old boys who are like, hmm. no. No, it was one of those, like... I was in know, high school at the time, I guess. It yeah. was one of those Anderson Cooper, Jodie Foster type things. Every, like, everybody knew. Yeah. It's like, come on, just admit it. It's like, you know, no, I'm seeing songs about women. Like, fine, you don't have to come out, but then don't be, like, going to normalize open relationships if you're not going to admit that. <laughs> well, it's just very... It's a very hard and weird struggle to try to normalize something that you're not a part of, so, you know... Yeah, so then just, yeah. so the first step in normalizing something would be just admitting you're <laughs> just doing Just diving it. head in. It's, it's not illegal. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's it for pop culture. From you. Garbage. Well, but yeah. I, I mean, those are not hard-hitting stories. <laughs> you probably have something more profound. Um, well, only because I did some, like, huge oh, investigative I research. Yeah, yeah okay, I know what I, we're going to talk about. Yeah, I made a big sacrifice for the show. Mm-hmm. And I watched, <laughs> I was originally going to watch one episode of The New Queer Eye, on Netflix mm-hmm. and then I watched like four of them. Was it a big sacrifice? Just, was it that bad? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to interview so, you now because yeah. I haven't watched it. Uh, so it's all based out of uh, Atlanta. Like they're based out of Atlanta and they have the regular Fab Five and they all have different like categories of what their specialty is like food and culture and decorating and clothes and grooming. I guess that's the Those five. are the five? Those are the five. Those are what gay men do. Yeah, those are the Food, five things. culture, clothes, decor- decorating, decorating, and uh, hair, like grooming, all kinds grooming. of hair and, and face. Wasn't there like a lifestyle one, like how to behave in public? Well, that's the culture one. So oh, they culture. turned it into culture, okay. which is confusing, but he ends up that guy ends up being like the psychologist to all the people that they're encountering. Uh, so they call it culture, but I guess because they, they couldn't call it feelings or emotions, like, you know, so they okay. called it that. Um, so the first, it's just... It's just, I mean, like, there's been a lot sort of published on it, um, and one really good uh, article by it, that came out um, is from Slate uh, by someone named um, Brian uh, Louder, and I'll get to what he says in a second. But so what did you, what did you think? Yeah, so they've sort of they've touted it as it's called Queer Eye now because not Queer Eye for the Straight Guy because. Um, that is so far from what I've seen, it involves at least them intervening on at least one gay guy. So they can't call it Queer Eye for the Straight Guy because now apparently gay guys, too, also need queer help. Are, are deficient. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so the first one is like, he's like, they're all rednecks. They're, well, not all of them. A lot of them are presented as rednecks. Uh, the interesting ones were um, one of them... They so it, it opens and they're driving around town and the black queer guy mm-hmm. is driving hit the truck with all the other Fab Five in it and there's police sirens behind him and he's being pulled over and you can see that he is like visibly shaken by this happening right oh. so uh, he gets pulled over and he's getting agitated and he's like the police officer's like do you have a license and he's like no we're filming this show I don't have my license on me and they're all sort of saying like they're in the car and they're freaking out and there's another guy who identifies as like brown and he's like this is screwed up like we're being pulled over by this white cop and so um, uh, then the cop says, uh, what show are you filming for? And then it turns out that the cop is the person who nominated the other guy to get the makeover. But remember... That does not sound very... No. Is so it, remember was it staged? 
I don't know because I don't think so because like the guy the, the guy who was driving the car like it ended up being the theme of the whole show right so the guy who was driving the car like looked like genuinely legitimately shaken by being pulled over by the cop like this right so the person they're intervening on is also a white cop who works like in Georgia just outside of Atlanta and they end up um, having this conversation in the show where the the black guy says like you know uh, like I really wasn't like I was really shaken by that I didn't really want to like help you I didn't want to intervene because I, you know I believe in Black Lives Matter and like all of this stuff that's going on and then the police officer sort of like they have this moment but then the police it, what it boils down to is the police officer says like I'm glad that I met you and got to know you but also police officers aren't all bad either right so that's like the message that is pulled out of it is yeah <laughs> is like like the message that we're supposed to take away is not all black people are criminals and not all police officers abuse the system and are racist right so it wasn't like balanced it was like you know um it was presented this way and then they they intervene on uh, another episode they intervene on um uh, uh, a black gay guy who comes out to his mo- his stepmother in the show. So there's like these there's these endearing moments where they're intervening on these people, and you're like, I don't know, like is this actually changing things? Then there's another one where there's like a white preacher, and he has like this huge family, and he has this moment of being like, gay people are okay. You guys are really nice to me. I was nervous, and I was brought up in a church where gay is wrong, but you're really open to me, and so I think it's okay. Right, but so the I was like, what is bothering me about TV? Yeah, it's one thing to do it in the cameras there, but yeah, and I I I was like, what is like bothering me about this? And I couldn't like put my finger on it. And then I read this Slate article uh, again by uh, somebody named Brian Louder, and what they say is like this is a situation where the gay guys are going in and it's their responsibility to reform all these people like the southern mm-hmm. preacher the white cop all these people and like the the emotional labor is being put on the five gay guys to go in and say like see we're harmless we just want to help you like have a better marriage with your wife or uh you know get a date with somebody or not be as awkward around whoever right mm-hmm. so they're like giving mostly straight people the tools to be better straight people in their lives in their romantic lives and they're doing all this emotional labor to prove that they're they're normal and that they should be accepted and in this article they do bring up the fact that the one gay guy who doesn't like change his language or demeanor or anything is the one who does grooming so he has really long hair and he's very sort of feminine and he um, doesn't like change any of his behavior. They'll be out in public and he'll be very affectionate with the other men and he'll like, you know, um, touch the people who are getting their makeovers and all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff and like be sexually suggestive and he doesn't change his like the language he uses or the way he speaks to interact with them. So it is saying in this article that he's the one that you're sort of like, he's not, you know, changing who he is in order to make the straight yeah. makeover people love him. But. If the point is just to show that gay men can help people be better citizens or just be better whatever, why don't they follow, like, a gay teacher and a gay doctor and a gay, I don't know, something else? Not, not you know, hairdressers and grooming people and mm-hmm. things, the, the, the things that we're always pegged with. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a gay basketball coach. I don't know if there is such a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> just making my point, right? Like there must be one. Uh, yeah. I think that's it because all of those, like all of those five categories are about reforming the life of the person that they're intervening on, right? So they're like offering that person a service. So it would be like, yeah. you know, and it's like, that's like, and then the original show, that's how they tried to get in and say like, hey, gay men are guess, unique in that. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I, know, I think that's like why. Always been pegged as hairdressers, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, and they do, I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's really weird. Like, I mean, obviously watch the show for yourself. I, I mean, there are moments when. I did watch it <laughs> there, I'm not, I'm not defending it. I feel really yeah, I weird about you are it. Defending like, it. Okay. I, I just think like it is this, it still remains this like, that they have to prove that they're useful and that what they're doing, except for so far, I've watched, I don't know, four <laughs> or five of them. Prove that they're useful. Of, that's awful. But like useful to, like essentially making these people better heterosexuals. Like making the men more desirable for their wives and treating their wives and girlfriends and potential like romantic partners better, with the exception of the one gay guy who they reformed. And that one, I teared up, honestly. Maybe they should just change it and it should be queer eye for the queer guy or girl. Also, there's like a huge miscategory of lesbians that they could help. You know what I'm saying? Why aren't they helping them? That was half a joke, but it's not. that, That would be interesting. Yeah, it should be queer eye for the queer lady. Or, yeah. or woman. Queer eye for the butch woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you let someone come in and change your wardrobe? I don't know. Yeah, that's give, right. Give you a different haircut? Yeah. Well, they're not good. They can't, like, grow out your hair, so they can I just show you how to they, use... They uh, give you wigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can just show you how to use your, like, waxing stuff in your hair better, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And wear, like, pants that aren't super baggy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Go to the ballet, something. Whatever you guys can teach us would be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be, yeah. So that's the show I'd want to see. And well, I like reality I don't know, TV loves diversity, right? Yeah, you but gotta, did, you, did you say adversity? Adversity. Or, I thought you said diversity. No, I was like, no, they don't. No, it does <laughs> not. Uh, it likes adversity. Yeah. I mean, if there's, if you have one argument in a whole season, that'll be in every mm-hmm. commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need yeah, that would sell if there's like some kind of lesbian screaming like you've you've ruined my hair. Yeah, that that would be <laughs> that would be a selling point. Yeah, I would watch that because I, the interaction I, between I would, gay I would men and watch yeah. <laughs> or maybe okay. you should just we should just get should just a gay pitch. man to give me a makeover and then we'll we should just pitch a show. Yeah, gays versus lesbians. <laughs> Who can fix the other side faster? And we'll like teach you guys how to change a tire. Just joking. I don't. I don't actually know how to do that. I, I have AMA. So yes, yeah, so do I. Yeah, that's how you do it. That was a really quick show. It's like I don't know. You phone AMA. You phone AMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's my my overall. So uh, <laughs> my overall review was it made me feel uncomfortable and it made me feel emotions I didn't want to feel. Go check it out for yourself. I don't know. The guys are kind of charming. That's about it. Oh, and they also said, like, love is love 12 times, and I wanted to shut it off in the first episode. So (laughs) there you go. Do you really know what's going on in local news, music, entertainment, and events? Get in the know with Edmonton's independent news source, gigcity.ca, your online magazine anytime.
like to play records on the radio? Gee whiz, can I? You bet your bottom dollar. Really? Even me? Yes, almost anyone can volunteer at CJSR, Edmonton's community radio station. We will train you how to sound keen on the microphone. You can learn how to play records, compact discs, and the exciting new MP3, the format of tomorrow. Or you could train to be a big city news reporter or produce jocular commercials, just like this one. Is it hard? Does it suck? It's as easy as one, two, three. Call 780-492-2577 or electronic mail. Volunteer at CJSR.com. Consider your exciting future at CJSR. My name is Christy Harcourt, and I am the educator at the Pride Center of Edmonton, where I work with community groups that want to get better at dealing with sexual diversity issues or dealing with sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression. You're listening to Gaywire on CJSR, and it's a good thing that you are. Hey there, we're back. Hi. <laughs> was, was that aired? I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have a bunch of like, I don't know what we can call this, like a bunch of random news roundup. Well, it's, it's what we normally do. That's true. Do you have one or do you want me to go first? You know, you, you, you curated these, so you, you throw <laughs> one out. All right. Well, cause we like talking about sports and we should have our theme song <laughs> for that. Um, but there's been, uh, Controversy for a ridiculous situation. So a teenager in Texas who's a trans uh, male, a trans boy, um, won his second straight Texas girls 6A 110-pound division title in wrestling. But if that seems odd to you, it's because it is. So people are saying, this is ridiculous, like he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle in the women's uh, division. And he said that as well. He didn't want to. He wanted to wrestle in the male division, uh, but he was forced to wrestle in the female. And so they forced him to do it. And now people are complaining that he has an unfair advantage for being in that category. And he's won uh, the state championship two years in a row now. He wants to wrestle with the boys, but they're forcing him to wrestle with the girls. Yeah, he repeatedly asked to wrestle with the division, but he was forced to wrestle with girls because under university interscholastic league rules, athletes must compete in the gender division that corresponds with their birth certificates. Oh. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just sort of showing, right, how ridiculous this whole... Um, everything is about going to your birth certificate for things like washrooms and change rooms and sporting events because um, then people are upset when something like this happens and he competes um, against women and, and, and I guess they're girls if they're under 18, right? Yeah. So that's a random news roundup that you might have seen on your feed and it's just and that's, ridiculous. that's Texas. That is Texas. <laughs> But I mean, like, <laughs> I'm trying to sum it up like that. And I'm, I'm reading the story. Texas, like, we say as we live in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're not much better, but we do change people's birth certificates, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I still think that there's in sporting events all across the province and country, like sporting leagues, that it's still oh, have, like completely I guess divided I do, according I like to. I think that we're better, but I guess yeah. we're probably not. No. Um. All right, so that's one of them. You got another? Or am I going again? You go again? You, you, <laughs> I covered Perez Hilton's news feed, so. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so, if we all remember uh, the uh, 
mass shooting in Orlando at the Pulse uh, nightclub. Yeah. Um, so activists and survivors from that event have actually joined with Parkland students um, in their gun control efforts. Um, so when they, uh, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School students took several buses to meet with lawmakers in Tallahassee, Florida on Tuesday, survivors turned activists um, also mobilized coming from the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, according to the Palm Beach Post. Um, and so they uh, also took a bus ride to the Capitol. Um, there's some pretty amazing photos that were posted um, of these survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting meeting the students. I actually just got goosebumps looking at these pictures if oh, you look at them. I can't see them. Yeah. It's a, again, it's the, a team Neither vote. can the people listening <laughs> at home, so this is kind of cruel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they're just in a giant hug and they're outside. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Get a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Then I can just show you pictures from the internet. That's what the TV show. That's a lot of TV that's shows. That's a lot of TV shows. Yeah. That's the news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the Pulse uh, survivors said, y'all got this. Y'all strong. Make sure your voices are heard. Uh, so there you go. I think obviously because they're both in Florida, but also they, you know, um, absolutely faced um, sort of the horrific consequences of a mm -hmm. lot of things that are happening in the United States. Um there's another queer connection to all of this because Emma Gonzalez, um, who is probably the activist that you might have seen most, uh, she's been very mm -hmm. vocal, um, she identifies as bisexual um, and she's been leading the charge and she's been vocal about that too. Uh, and uh, so um, like a lot of movements like Black Lives Matter in Canada um, and in the United States was led by queer women of color as well. Mm -hmm. So. There you go. Another queer connection of everything that's going on. You know, Trump will love that. Oh, yeah, and the Internet yes. people. Have well, been she's one of the ones being falsely accused of being an actor, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. No, and that's the point that we're at in this discourse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, at least, yes. At least we have gun control here. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stop. Um, yeah. do, do you want me to keep going? I'm just on a roll now. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, so, uh, Lena Waithe, who is the, uh, one of the actors in, oh, Master of None, it's right there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, I saw that. When she plays uh, a lesbian character on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she had like a, she won an Emmy for writing an episode in which it talks all about her sexuality and her family and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, she has been, uh, given a, uh, lesbian-led comedy called Twenties, and it'll get a pilot, um, oh, from wow. TBS. Yeah. That's a first, so, isn't it? Um, Has there ever been a... Female-led lesbian comedy on a primetime network? I don't know. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, has there? Well, I mean, there's like Ellen. That was a female-led lesbian comedy. But she wasn't given the contract started, as a, uh, yeah, as a She started person. as a heterosexual character. Yeah. Um... Um, so this is gonna. This is written by her, and it'll chronicle her early twenties and follows the lives um, of black lesbian uh, black lesbians. But the main character will be named Hattie and her two straight friends, uh, Mary and Nina. And they quote spend most of their days talking um, s h i t and chasing their dreams. 
You that's can according spell to it. the. I don't know. That's according to the, the show's official tagline. Um, so there you go. Uh, she said of the pilot, um, queer black characters have been sidekicks for long enough. It's oh, time yeah. for us to finally take the lead. So there you go. I can't imagine. I can't recall any other black lesbian characters. Certainly not main characters. Yeah, that aren't yeah. on like, you know, whatever the gay network is that I can't. Oh think sure, of right now. Yeah, which I don't get. So yeah, I can't they're see all. It. Yeah, but on like a main uh, show. Yeah. And she's pretty amazing. Like she's like yeah, her episode in Master of None is. Um, is really, really good and definitely worth checking out. Yeah. You can avoid a lot of these Aziz Ansari stuff. The episode mostly focuses on her, so you can, you know, <laughs> choose what you want. Okay, so one, one story that's been coming out is that the Edmonton, there's an Edmonton Archdiocese employee who has said he was fired for refusing to say if he is in a same-sex relationship. So he's now a former employee with the Catholic Archdiocese of Edmonton, uh, he said on Facebook on February 6th he was fired from the church after an investigation into a prayer group which he was working to form for LGBT Catholics without the approval of the Archbishop. Um, the investigation also looked into the, quote, allegation that he w- had a male partner with whom he has a daughter. Uh, he said, quote, they took my refusal to answer as sufficient evidence to prove that I am in one. Whenever you stand, on, wherever you stand on the same sex issue, I believe my termination is unjust. He continued, quote, I believe the denial of prayer and support group for LGBTQ Catholics is unjust. I believe being terminated for consciously and respectfully disagreeing with a church teaching is a slippery slope for all church workers and therefore unjust. Um, in a written statement, the Archdiocese Chief Communications Officer Lorraine Truchansky acknowledged that a former employee had made public comments about his dismissal but did not direct to directly address the employee's claims, citing privacy issues. She wrote that anyone who works in the Archdiocese, quote, agrees to live in accord with the teachings of the Catholic Church and is uh, sacramental theology. Um, and continuing that, wrote that marriage is a sacrament in which a man and a woman promise before God to enter into a commitment, exclusive and permanent relationship, end quote. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what's happening with that. You said that you think it's not going any further. Is that what you heard? Uh, he said he wasn't going to do it, like fight it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a pretty clear human rights case. You can't be fired in Alberta for being gay or lesbian or well you can't be fired on the basis of your sexuality or sexual orientation your gender identity or gender expression Mm -hmm. so we actually are one of the most progressive provinces in that area that's true that we have all three added we we have all three yeah Um, so yeah he could file a complaint with the Alberta Human Rights Commission and uh, I mean we it was thanks to Alvin Vreen? Yes. Yeah. I would say, was that a Catholic college or was that a, the Lutheran college? Well, it was Christian regardless. Okay. Of, yeah. Well, so it, was, so it wasn't also, it wasn't a Catholic college, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah similar situation. Um, that was, in the, what, 1997? Yeah, 97, 98. Wow. Yeah. So it's... 20 years ago. Yeah, 21 <laughs> years ago. It's yeah. Been, it's for, so it's been that long. You can't fire people for being gay. So... Um, yeah, surprised they did that, but I don't know. Maybe they did it knowing that he wouldn't pursue it, and 
fight them in court. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, I guess it's always to a situation where it's like if I don't know, like everyone has to deal with with that choice of like whether it's worth being in an institution that is so against what you do, or whether it's worth like fighting within the institution to try to change things and. I guess we'll just see what path he takes in terms of like trying to set up an LGBTQ group for Catholics is pretty. He says he's going to continue with and, that. Yeah. Uh, the story that I read that he wasn't leaving the church and he wasn't going to fight them. He was going to continue and he still sees himself a part of the church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. That's he, your Alberta he, news. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> 